As the world lurches from one disaster to another, politicians seem frozen in a state of impotency and confusion. Some even question the very existence of the church, while others ask, is there a word from the Lord? Is there a solution to the problems that are tearing society apart? Today, John Carter will answer those questions. But first, we must begin by asking the most important question of all, what matters most? You put a lot of emphasis on the gospel of Christ and the preaching of that gospel. Can you tell us about Sydney's new Anglican Archbishop? What does he have to say? Wayne, thank you. Yes, I can. But before I do so, I want to back up a little bit. Because this new Anglican Archbishop is in a long line of great Protestant preachers. Now, what makes a Protestant a Protestant? Well, a Protestant believes in sola Christus, only Christ. Sola Scriptura. This is the authority. Not, not the church, but the, the living word of God. So you've got preachers like Martin Luther and John Wesley and John Newton, and I could go on and on and on. And these were the men who went out and they preached with fire in their bellies and their preaching changed the world and gave us the Protestant Reformation that gave us the great democracies. Listen to me, if there had been no Martin Luther, if there had been no Protestant Reformation, there would have been no United States of America. Listen, liberty individual initiative, honesty, benevolence, etc. These great qualities are the fruitage, not so much of politics. No, they're not at, at all from politics. They are from the very gospel of Christ. And that's why what matters most is the gospel of Christ, which this new archbishop is saying. So, okay, Wayne... I didn't get to it straight away, but I'm getting to it now, my old friend. The first words of the newly invested Archbishop of Sydney. What matters most for this Archbishop? What matters most for the life and ministry of the Sydney Anglican Church? It's a Protestant church. What matters most when we think about Christian life and mission? You might think of some great and pressing issues of the day, perhaps homelessness and housing affordability, women and children escaping family violence, older Australians, indigenous Australians, perhaps in this reconciliation between Sari Day and Mabu Day, you would say that healing, treaty, reconciliation, First Nations people is the thing that matters most. When I turn on television in Australia, which is so liberal, so left-wing, this is what you hear all the time. They tell you, this is what matters most. I don't, don't believe it. Then he goes on to say, well, perhaps it is youth mental health issues making our most empowered generation the most anxious. Did you know that young people in Australia now 
have got a tremendous problem. Many of them have got mental issues because people are giving up on God. Only 49% of people in this great land that was based on the Protestant Reformation, only 49% of Australians believe in God. I ask the question, is the nation better off or is it worse off? Any person who's honest with himself will say the country is worse off because when you kill God, you also kill human beings. The death of God always leads to the death of man. Sorry, Archbishop, I'm going to continue. He says, well, perhaps what matters most is the great commandment, perhaps the great commission, or perhaps that summary in Micah to love justice, to do mercy and walk humbly. All these things are to be true of Christian disciples, but they are all the outcome of something more fundamental, more basic and essential. There's the Archbishop. What matters most is not anything we do, but what God has done. Hey, are you listening? Did you get that? Did you hear what the new Archbishop of Sydney said? He said, it's none of these things. These things are not what matter most. It's what God has done. The heart of the Christian faith, he says, is the person of Jesus Christ who, sent, who, who God sent into the world. And at the heart of the ministry of Jesus is the cross on which he died and his resurrection, the demonstration of the potency of the cross. What? matters most. And so this new archbishop of the Anglican Church in Sydney, the man who came from Sri Lanka, who was a Buddhist, who was converted because somebody gave him the gospel of John, says what matters most is none of these social issues It is Christ and the gospel. It is Christ and his cross. It is Christ and his resurrection. Now I'm going to tell you a story to illustrate what matters most. And I hope that you and I will finally get it sorted out, what matters most, and we will stop playing the game that is sometimes called church. Some people play church. We're not called to play church. We're called to follow Christ. Like Pedro in Cuba. We met Pedro when we went to Cuba to run an evangelistic campaign. You say, people are not allowed to run evangelistic campaigns in Cuba. Yes, they are. And Pedro is a preacher of the gospel of Christ. He stays completely out of politics. And I think that's one reason God blesses him. He he has nothing at all to do with politics. Pedro, by preaching the gospel of Christ, is helping to bless the Cuban nation. Now, it was years ago, I was a night speaker at the general conference in the great city of, as they call it over there, New Orleans. 
and a man by the name of N.C. Wilson, who was the president of the church, gave a great speech on the church and politics. He said, as a church, we do not hold up any political party. We do not endorse any political party. That's what N.C. Wilson said. He said, we tell people, whatever country you're in, to support your government and to be a loyal citizen. Hey, people say, no, 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 that's not, no. We're talking about the truth here. And Pedro is a loyal, a loyal citizen of Cuba. And Pedro is one young preacher who's got it worked out. He's got it sorted out and he's right. He believes what matters most is Christ. What matters most is the Bible. What matters most is the gospel of Jesus. What matters most is the cross of Christ. What matters most is the resurrection of Christ. What matters most is that Christ is my high priest today. No, no ordinary human being, but Christ. What matters most is that Jesus is coming back to save us and take us home to glory. That's what matters most. Pedro has got it worked out. And I think the archbishop, if he knew Pedro, would want to give him a job. <laughs> because Pedro understands the gospel matters most. Listen, our advice to preachers is plain and simple. Now, preachers, if, if you're listening to me still, then listen up a little bit more, brother or, or sister, as they say today. Listen. God never called you to promote the Republican Party. He never called you to promote the Democratic Party. He never told you to go around and preach politics. He called you to preach the gospel of Christ. And if you do that, you will see saved souls, minds enlightened, racism start to disappear. Domestic violence become a thing of the past. We need a reformation again. And the reformation starts in the heart. The gospel is what matters most. You've preached in Cuba. How did the communist government treat you? Well, actually, they treated me very well. Thank you very much. You see... The Cuban government knew that I wasn't in Cuba to cause trouble. I wasn't there to get involved in politics. I was there to preach the gospel of Christ. And the Carter Report sponsored all of these great evangelistic campaigns up and down and across the Cuban nation. We saw wonderful crowds of people. They came because they're hungry for God. You see, St. Augustine had it right when he said, our souls were made for God. They cannot rest until they rest in him. And if you get away from God, you're going to find life is not too good. You're going to find that you're dead and you're empty inside. God has put this thing inside us. And, and, and unless it's filled up with God, it's going to be pretty anxious and unhappy. So we went to Cuba and we joined with Pedro. Pedro sang for me as fantastic voice. Now he's running his own evangelistic campaigns and pastoring his own church. 
Some of the finest pastors I've met anywhere in the world were Cuban pastors. They weren't playing around with politics, thank God. They, they were focused on the Bible. They were focused on Christ. Uh, they'd gotten it sorted out, you see. I think it's a great tragedy when pastors, all they can talk about is politics and I belong to this party, I belong to that, that party and I'm for this and I'm for that. Hey, they may earn their salaries a lot better if they went out into all the world, went to Cuba, went to Russia, went to Ukraine, went to Africa and preached the pure gospel of Christ because the gospel of Christ is the greatest rejuvenator, regenerator, uplifter of the human race. And because the gospel is the most potent force in the world, it's what matters most. And I agree with the Anglican Archbishop of Sydney. What is so important about the cross of Christ? And what is the difference in all of these isms? Humanism, atheism. Well, let me tell you. Firstly, I should tell you a little bit about the Anglican Church. It's a Protestant church. It's the church that came out of the Roman Catholic Church. In the days of that terrible man, King Henry, You know about him, don't you? What a rogue he was. But the Protestant Reformation came to Great Britain through the preaching of the Protestant Reformers. And the Anglican Church, at least the low wing of the Anglican Church, is evangelical and free and believes in the supremacy of Christ. So it's a Protestant church. And I'm a Protestant. I tell people this, I'm, firstly, I'm a Christian, then I'm a, I'm a Protestant, and I'm an Adventist. I'm an Adventist because I believe in the commandments of God, and I believe in the soon coming of Christ. I believe the gospel matters most. What does the gospel teach? The gospel teaches that I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we came from God. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It teaches that the eternal Word, Yahweh Elohim, became a human being. It completely dismisses the absurd idea of humanism and the equally absurd idea of atheism. You see, humanism teaches that there is no God. It doesn't say that human beings are good or anything like this. Humanism believes that man is the centre of the universe and man is everything there ever was or ever will be. I'm not a humanist. I believe... In Almighty God, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ was God in human flesh. This is what I believe matters most. I believe he came to show us what God is like. People had no idea really what God was like, or if they had, they'd forgotten all about it. So Jesus 
became a man. Almighty God, the second person of the Godhead, became a man. And he came to save us from our sins. I'm going to turn over here to the writings of the great Apostle Paul. In chapter 3, I earnestly recommend that you read this book. You may find it hard to understand, but if you persevere, you're going to get the greatest blessing. You see, Romans 3 verse 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Before you can understand the good news, you've got to understand the bad news. And the bad news is that there are no righteous people. We are, we are all sinners and we all need a saviour. But the good news is that Jesus is the saviour. And then I come over here to Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. If we continue on in our course of activity, we are going to die. We are going to be lost. There is a heaven and there is a hell. Then the text goes on to say, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It teaches that Jesus Christ on the cross paid the price for my sins. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself in 2 Corinthians 5. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is the teaching of the great Protestant Reformation. This is the teaching that elevates and saves the soul. It's the most important truth. It's the most wonderful truth. And when this truth has been taught around the world, it has an amazing capacity to change human lives. Better than what Congress can do and the Senate can do, well, of course, they're not doing too good, are they? They think sometimes that uh, by passing bills and by having legislation, they can change the hearts of men. You can't change the hearts of men with legislation. Legislator, congressman, senator, parliamentarian, it is only the gospel of Christ that can change the heart. I've seen it happen. Thousands of people, tens of thousands. Sergei, Russia, a mafia leader, become a Christian, came to the meetings, heard the gospel. Ildar, a mafia captain with 400 soldiers, all with machine guns, come to Christ. Well, the Duma in Russia, whatever it's called, their parliament, can legislate and talk and talk and talk until the cows come home to get milked. But they're not going to change the hearts of people like Ildar and Sergei. And I could talk about thousands of others. And what about Mary Magdalene? A woman who was demon-possessed. But it became a mighty child of God. She became the apostle to the apostles, we're told. Now listen. Don't forget this. It is the truth of the gospel that changed the world. That's why evangelism is so important. What's wrong? Why don't we do evangelism? Maybe we better listen to the Anglican Archbishop. 
The church in many places has become a social club, a political organization that exists to maintain the status quo. You know it's true. You may find what I'm saying very uncomfortable, but you can't say it's wrong, can you now? Because the gospel matters most. In some churches, it's getting elected to be some highfalutin job. What matters most? How very sad. I say today, think of Wesley. Up at four in the morning preaching to the miners. Think of Whitfield, the disciple of Wesley, coming over to America, planting the seed of truth and righteousness in America. Think of the Pilgrim Fathers, for crying out loud. Think of the Pilgrim Fathers. Many Americans don't even know today who they were. They were people who believed that Christ matters most. And closer to our day, think of Billy Graham. Think of HMS Richards of the Voice of Prophecy. Hey, they had it right. They got it worked out because they let the Holy Spirit speak to their hearts. What matters most? Christ and the gospel. Archbishop got it right. You're passionate about how man-made religion sometimes creates barriers to the true gospel. You mentioned John Wesley. Can you tell us more about him? Well, John Wesley was a member of the state church. That was the Anglican church that had become dreadfully formalized. Churches have got a a terrible tendency to go down the hill and to become dreadfully formalized and to lose the power of the spirit. So John Wesley went to Oxford, great scholar. He was an Oxford don. He was ordained as a priest in the Church of England. Then he went across to America to convert the American Indians. But he made a a terrible mess of things. People have got a tendency to make a mess of things when they don't make Christ center in their lives. But then he came back to London. And one cold night, he went down to Aldersgate Lane, I think, and he heard an unlettered layman read Martin Luther's preface to the book of Romans, where Martin Luther describes what I've been talking about today the gospel of Christ. Wesley is very, very sad. He's failed in his life's calling. But then he starts to hear a message from the Bible. And then he stands up and he says, stop the meeting, stop the meeting. And he says, as the brother read Martin Luther's preface to the book of Romans that describes the work of the Holy Spirit in the heart, He said, I felt my heart strangely warmed. He said, I felt that I did indeed trust in Christ and an assurance was given me that Christ had taken away my sin and saved me from the law of sin and death. (laughs) Wesley had found the gospel. He discovered what matters most. 
And then Wesley went out and started to preach. He was the same person. No, he wasn't the same person. He was a new John Wesley. He had fire in his belly. He had Christ in his heart. His preaching brought about the reformation of British society. Hundreds of thousands came to Christ. Drunkenness was overcome. Child slavery was abolished. And the preaching of John Wesley led to people like Martin Luther King. This is the force, my friend, that actually changes the world. Then one of his associates, George Whitfield, caught the vision. He came across to America. He started preaching. The fire spread to America. John Wesley came across to America. Vast crowds of Americans listened in wonder and amazement and their lives were changed by the power of God. Society was transformed, elevated. So we come to the question again, what matters most? John Wesley discovered what matters most. It's not political activity. It is the preaching of the gospel of Christ. That is the great uplifter of humanity. We've seen it in the preaching of Whitfield, George Whitfield over in America, in the preaching of the Protestant reformers, in the preaching of the Puritans. This is why the countries that accepted this great gospel became the greatest countries in the world. That's why people are lining up still today to get into those countries. What matters most? Christ. His cross. His resurrection. His priesthood. His coming again. That's what matters most. The world has changed. COVID with its deviance and variance has brought havoc into our lives. It has reminded us that we're all connected. What we do has a direct impact on others all over the globe. Millions of cases have been reported with death and destruction in many places like India and Cuba are simply too many to count. Some people are struggling to get a vaccine while others just don't want to get vaccinated. Is it fear? We take vaccines for many things like malaria, the flu, shingles, and pneumonia. If there is a vaccine shortage, they must get to everyone and soon. We've learned a lot about viruses, but we don't know the future of this one yet. This virus is still on the run. So we must be diligent and smart. COVID will come to your door. Someone you know will be infected. You do not want to be the cause of their suffering. If your doctor tells you to get the vaccine, then get it. You will help your friends, your family, and people all over the world feel less afraid. The Carter Report is so thankful for your prayers and support in these extraordinary times. Through these programs, we continue to reach out to those in need. We ask you, our dear ones listening today, in God's grace, be responsible, be fearless, be vaccinated.
For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.